the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Busy day today, busy day. I was earlier today, I was filling in uh, for Tamara Scott, the committee woman and uh, leader from Iowa, on her uh, show, which airs over at Lindell TV. So I had a long day. I had a long day. I did that show for an hour, and uh, uh, that's always, you know, it's always fun. But do somebody else's show, it's like a double pressure thing, you know, on one level, you're uh, you're taking care of someone else's, you know, driving someone else's car. So you got to be careful. Uh, and then it's still you're still driving a car. You're still, uh, you know, um, making sure to bring some content. So I'm a little bit a uh, little bit lower energy. But uh, thank you for joining me. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Don't forget, visit uh, visit the uh, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email right there, and you will be able uh, to track what we're up to. And uh, in a few moments, uh, we will speak with Christina Bob. Christina Bob, she is um, a um, lawyer, a retired Marine major from the JAG Corps, and also a journalist. She was at One America News for a period of time, kind of well-known there. But she's been, for a couple of years now, a lawyer working for Donald Trump and uh, been out there as a spokeswoman also, kind of one of his leaders. And uh, interesting lady. I've never met her in person. I've seen her on TV, uh, and I've never talked to her. So we will talk to her for her book. Uh, She's got a book that's out um, that I think it's out. hmm, Let me make sure when it's – I think it is out already. It could be that it's coming out – in a few days, but, um, but either way, you will start to see it, um, all over the place. She's going to make the rounds. The book is called Your, excuse me, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Christina Bob. And, um, it, uh, it's very good. She's very good. She's very impressive. Um, it's kind of interesting to, uh, hear her talk. Um, I did, I listened to an interview she did about the book. Um, so we'll, We'll look forward to it, and uh, we'll talk to her in a few moments. Um, yeah, it's out already. The book is out. Anywhere you buy books. Okay, just checking on that. All right. Um, you know, we had yesterday on the program Brett Atterbury, um, who is down in uh, Texas, runs a uh, pro-life organization um, that is uh, that is using some of the tools of business, his career in business before he got into pro-life work, um, and he wrote this book, Your Pro-Life Bottom Line. We talked to him yesterday. And, and, and he, one of his Pete, one of his colleagues, Karen Garnett was out in St. Louis from, excuse me, geez, out in DC. Uh, and my friend from St. Louis, Bridget Van Means, also out uh, to DC for the March for Life. And I have been thinking uh, about my interactions with them. They're both my friends, uh, but also others during the, um, March for Life. And I want to tell you, I woke up in the middle of the night almost, actually the crack of dawn this morning, and I've been thinking about this all day. And I want you to think about this. The idea that I have is that after the fight over the law, there is now a a battle for the hearts and minds of the culture. And to try to say about the culture, we want to uh, be, you know, pro-life. And how do you get there? 
Because until now, it was kind of easy to say these bad guys came up, made up a law, made up a court decision and and thrust it upon us. And then around them are people who, you know, get lots of money from the government, Planned Parenthood, and raise lots of money from the left, Planned Parenthood, and they commit abortions. That was kind of a clean, you know, easy to understand. And the, the opponent was clear, right? It was the Planned Parenthood and this terrible decision. Well, that terrible decision has gone. Planned Parenthood's not. And so what do we do about it? And I think that there's going to be a movement to shine a brighter light on some of the entities that are uh, promoting abortion, whether it's Planned Parenthood with its hundreds and hundreds, billions of dollars or it's, um, you know, CVS allowing the abortifacient drugs to be sent through the mail. Or whatever it is, there's going to be lots of ways that we're talking about um, of who the opponents are, who the proponents of abortion are, and then therefore there are opponents. But I want to uh, bring you to this. I talked about this on Tamara Scott's show today. What if you changed the framework, your mindset? And what if you started with this? Mom first. Mom first. And what if you said the sentence... Life begins at perception. Life begins at perception. Now, what I'm saying, and please understand, I'm I'm a person who believes that life begins at conception, and that every one of these 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 uh, things are babies and lives. So I'm not for any exceptions. I'm an anti-exception guy, but I am for trying to change the mindset to move people. And when you say mom first, mom first, you've put at the center, you've put primacy on the woman. And if you say life begins at perception, well, what the heck does that mean? And what it means for me, what I'm trying to say here, what I'm trying to get at the point at is how the woman who is at the center of the decision, how she perceives what's happening is everything, everything, because if she perceives that the world is going to be quite figuratively, quite specifically for her, that the world is ending, that the dreams her parents had for her, she had for herself, her teachers had for her, her friends had for her, you know, the in a culture that has made it wonderfully mobile for any woman now to be anything. She could be a, 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 a an astronaut. Uh, she could be a doctor. She can be a teacher. She can be a principal. She can be the university president, whatever. So the perception, if the if the perception, if the prevailing perception of a woman facing pregnancy is that she's losing everything, then it's then the decision becomes about trying to not lose everything. So how do you change that, right? How do you make it so that the perception, the self perception, that there's possibilities. You know, whether it's adoption, as some people have said, or um, some kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, changing the culture so that people are celebrated uh, for, you know, motherhood. There was a woman when I went to college who um, uh, who got pregnant in her senior year and, and she had the baby and everybody thought it was great. Like everybody thought it was kind of a, a cool thing. I mean, Lord knows it's a challenge to her life. I don't mean to downplay it. And I, by the way, let me seed all the ground, all the ground I possibly can on saying I'm a guy, not a woman. I'm not faced with that choice. All the kinds of things I'm saying, I'm just describing. But I am saying to you, I've seen the problem where people get trapped in a mindset, in a way of thinking about a problem that is almost sets up for a loss. 
you can sort of win. You can bring some people around, but it's hard in this case, I think. I think that there's you didn't have to go far. You could have people that that um, believe that they should have the option for abortion that didn't like Roe v. Wade. That was common. There was lots of actually liberals who thought Roe v. Wade was a terrible decision, including like Ruth Bader Ginsburg said the decision making or the, the, the reasoning behind it was troubling or something like that. And I, I don't want to put words in her mouth. It wasn't quite that stark, but uh, but you get my point. But the idea of mom first and from there. Change the perception, change the self-perception, focus on that. And it's not just throwing money at it like, oh, well, but it could be, it could be scholarships. It could be, um, it could be Kirk Cameron spoke at this event that I was attending and he spoke about his own family, his wife and he um, adopted four children and then they had two of their own. So they're a big family. But in the midst of that, he revealed that his wife, who's a famous actress and a beautiful woman and a kind of dynamic uh, presence, um, she was adopted. So, that woman's birth mother, by uh, allowing her to be adopted and not aborted, um, we were watching, if you can believe it, we were watching Shark Tank. I know I talked about this yesterday uh, with Brett Atterbury. In his book, he mentions a kind of Shark Tank idea for uh, for pro-life organizations, which is very cool. But I was watching Shark Tank, and uh, one of the entrepreneurs came out, and as he told his story, he said, when I was 15 years old, um, I became a father. And then he talked about, he said, the greatest thing that ever happened to me was that boy, because I became a father and I changed what I, who I was going to be. I wanted to be something for him. And I built my life around it. And I was like, looked at my wife. I was like, this is like the coolest pro-life message because that guy, it, I think he actually didn't get any sharks to buy into his thing, but that guy is, uh, he had a, he had a, um, uh, a dip, a kind of special, special, uh, dip, uh, that he developed that tasted really good. His friends all loved it or something. Anyway, he, he, um, he made it seem cool to do what to me was the right thing. Well, that's changing the perception. That's changing the mindset. Now, it, that's hard, right? Last week we talked with Kevin Sorbo. Kevin and Sam Sorbo, two, you know, Hollywood superstars, people that actually made it in Hollywood before they were revealed, self-revealed as conservatives who now have uh, Sorbo Studios doing all kinds of great uh, programming that's, that's pro-family and, and more conservative, but it's hard work and it's hard to do. And when the culture is is uh is dominated by the TikTok mentality and driven by the the uh the uh values that are you know that are you know I don't know secular and and uh and sexual uh, uh sexualized I guess is the word then it's tough it's tough for them to do they're trying but that's the shift mom first mom first and and you change that shift because you can't lecture people and you don't have a you can't it's hard to lecture people on what's right uh, in the same way that it, when you when they're feeling their self worth, their self uh, perception is so broken, is so damaged, is so um, threatened. That's the word, threatened. So anyway, that's my thoughts. That's my thoughts. And I, we've been ta- I've been talking one after another. I, 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 did, I did the Tamara Scott show. I talked about this there. I can't stop talking about it or thinking about it. And I was um, talking to Richard Vagary, the uh, the master uh, conservative um, marketing guy, about this today. And I, you know, there's something here. Uh, what is certainly true is that the pro-life community has to figure out how to move forward in a world where the boogeyman of Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton is gone. Thank goodness it's gone, but it's gone. That's a challenge. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Christina Bob. Christina Bob is with the Trump campaign, and she's got a new book, uh, and we will visit with her about that. The book is Stealing Your Vote, the Inside Story of the 2020 Election. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. 
back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Very honored and very grateful to grab her while we could get a window. Christina Bob is well known for folks for being a great defender of President Donald Trump. Uh, she's an attorney and has been seen uh, for the last couple of years in that capacity. She's also uh, a journalist. Uh, she's also been a Marine, a major in the Marine Corps. Well, now she's an author. I suspect very quickly a uh, uh, New York Times bestselling author, if they even bother to put uh, people like us on there. But her book is called Stealing Your vote the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024 uh skyhorse publishing is who's publishing welcome christina bob to the program how are you great thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here well you're very nice to say and i, I think probably you're a journalist first so you you probably are, are, are you know writing is not something any journalist whether you're tv or whatever gets far away from so writing for you is probably something you have done but sitting down to write this book um you're writing about the period of time you know you were a journalist so january 6th right. for example that chapter you're there as a journalist um but now you see the world as a an advocate i mean you're an attorney right. also how tr- how dramatically has that changed you i mean could you could you envision going back to being a journalist um i could I, you know i i don't necessarily have ambitions to do that but i could i i loved being a journalist and you know media is changing now you know there's many different ways to get the message out. And I'm certainly grateful to have had the experience. Uh, Whether I go back to formally do something like that or not, I don't know, but I feel like it's made me better at everything else I do. So uh, I'm really grateful to have had the couple years at OAN there. Is, um, is, again, we're talking with Christina Bob and and I'll put up on social media, her book and everything is the, um, when you say the media has changed, um, again, you've been around the block as a military leader, as a lawyer, uh, and as a journalist now, again, advocacy it's not been a good change right i mean and you've been on the you've, on, you've been on the end of the what i call the um the you know the the smear and right. they, they smear you and go away it's not like you can even say like ray donovan in the 1980s the former reagan labor secretary you know where do i go to get my reputation back? which office which room do i go to to get my right. reputation back? it's just gone how how badly uh, what's that environment like and, and you know you, you publish a book to try to describe it will you get a fair shake Oh, no, I don't expect a fair (laughs) shake. But I think, you know, I think people that are have intellectual honesty and themselves want to know that's why I'm interested in reaching. Right. I'm not trying to talk to the crazy liberals that are looking to pick a fight with me, although I would love to have a discussion if they ever had the ability to do that. But I'm more interested in people that just want to know, like, what happened and is it what was. Is it really a problem? Is it still a problem? Has it been corrected? What else do we need to do? Those are the kinds of questions and discussions that I wanted to have and that I went into book with really. I'm seeing through all the fray. I mean, there was so much misinformation out there in so many different ways that... I wanted to just tell people in Pennsylvania, and I talked to these state leaders. I talked to people who worked the election. I talked to witnesses, you know, poll all these people. And this is what I can tell happened at the election and in the aftermath. 
And uh, I, I just wanted to give people my perspective of what I saw. Uh, Christina Bob is our guest. She's the author of Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. The book is is lengthy and goes through, as you just alluded to. And I, I want to say, you know, there, there's there's chapters on Arizona, uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, there's an analysis of what uh, is the contrast between the blue and red states, uh, even uh, 2021, Virginia, New Jersey. So there's a lot of coverage of this. Uh, a couple things. One, I was talking to one of the key people at the January 6th effort, uh, Cynthia Hughes, she's been on the show, and she was saying how she saw you in your role, the current role, somehow standing up for this president. It's been excellent. It's been, I mean, this pre- President Trump, it's been really valuable to see you do that. And so I think people are really appreciative of that. Uh, to the book, you finish and you say, what's coming in 2024? For those of us that got through 2022, and you must have written most of this by then, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, it was a letdown. And the letdown was yeah. that some of the things that we thought we might be able to stop seemed to happen again. And yeah. what's that mean for 2024? Yeah, no, I think that's a really fair frustration. And I share it, quite frankly. Um, I, I think it means we haven't done enough. I mean, I don't know how else to interpret it other than we tried, but just not enough or didn't do enough or didn't have enough. And my my conclusion, ultimately, what we need to do to secure 24. And to be clear, I believe wholeheartedly that we can secure 24. I know it, it feels like this huge mountain that we'll never be able to scale. You know, it's not. It's absolutely not that. So it, for those of you that feel that way, I understand the emotion, but it, it's just not that. The way The way we do it is everybody's showing up. I mean, the advantage that they have is that they have now seeds to the high ground, so to speak, as far as these secretary of state's offices and election worker offices, you know, they, they are controlling the elections and they have this apparatus in place. The advantage that we have is that we have the vast majority of the people, you know, right. we are the majority. There's way more for us than for them. And so the way we use our advantage to our advantage is Everybody has to get involved. We have to put our weight behind this issue in order to counteract what they're doing. And I think if we do that, I think what we will secure 24, but we need everybody to get involved. And, you know, when you try to write a ship, you're like, everybody push right. You know, like yeah. you, you, we all have to throw our weight behind this issue. And I think if we do that, and I use examples, 2021 was actually a really interesting election between Virginia and New Jersey. And I, I break down what happened in those elections. And I think they're good comparisons from where I think we learned from 2020, which was in Virginia, and where we didn't, which was in New Jersey. And I I try to make it applicable for where we need to go in the future. Uh, Christina Bob again is our guest, and uh, and she has uh, a new book out, um, just out uh, these days, and she it's called Stealing Your Vote. Um, Christina, uh, the um, when I looked at the uh, so. Again, you, you had been privileged because of your career. You'd lived all over. You've been all over the world in the military. You've been uh, trained for law school. Then, uh, and then as a journalist, when you see, when you watch things like what happened on election day, and then January sixth, mm-hmm. what's your what's your um, sense of what's wrong? In other words, when people say I see feds everywhere, they try to right. say, oh no, that's nothing. You know, that you're, you're out of control. Probably somewhere between I see feds everywhere and seeing things that just don't look right. When I read the portion yeah. of January 6th, you know, I think it's uh, Chanel uh, Ryan and you are, you're, you're trying to figure out what's going on. You're not getting any straight information, which isn't that odd in a fog of war moment, but it seems like things are off um, yeah. more, more than ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. And particularly for January 6th, you know, I was originally in the Cannon Rotunda and then I walked out onto the grass and I 
I was there, you know, when the disturbance or whatever it was, it was this minor little skirmish that started. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Marine Corps judge advocate. I've served in combat. I have trained Marines in combat on the escalation of force procedures and how you, cause you know, you don't want to, you don't want to kill a fly with a howitzer, right? You want to keep that, the force, the amount of force that you use, you want to keep it at a minimum. And there's the standard operating procedures. There's ways to do that. And I have trained Marines in combat on how to use the escalation of force procedures. And I can tell you, the Capitol Police on January 6th did not follow federal standard operating procedures for the escalation of force. They just did not follow it. In my opinion, the only reason they didn't follow it, or to me, the logical reason they didn't follow it is because they were ordered not to. And I I have questions about that. Why did they not follow standard operating procedures for escalation of force? Had they followed them, none of this would have ever happened. Nobody would have ever gone into the Capitol, but for the fact that they removed the barricades and opened the doors, you know, so Right. Well, and, and and you know, again, you're talking, we're talking Christina Bob, you know, from your training and, and all, if you want to cause people to escalate and direct the escalation, you can do that too, right? You, you can. can and that, that appears to be what they did. Yeah. Right. So um, again, the book, uh, which I'll put up on social media, her book is uh, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Uh, well-timed and important. Christina, one last sort of line of questions. Um, you found yourself, again, you went in the military. You, you mm-hmm. did sign up to get into harm's way but then you're practicing law and you're working for a president and you're doing something that's you know pretty cool and pretty and we i was mentioning to someone earlier there's something called the project 65 which Mm -hmm. stated stated goal by democrats is to target lawyers to make their lives miserable their bar license at risk they did it to rudy giuliani they did it to and you find yourself as one of those targeted i I know you signed up your marines there like i mentioned all the time my brother's a marine he doesn't mind, you know, that's what he does. He, he fights, but it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta, it's gotta be, um, it's just so different that they're out front. We're going to target Christina Bob, a successful yeah. woman, uh, lawyer, because we don't like her politics. Yeah. And they don't, they don't like my politics. They don't like who I work for. Um, yeah, it's evil. It's gross. Not only are they trying to take away our freedoms, you know, freedom of speech and all that, but they're trying to take away our ability to be represented. They don't want conservatives. They don't want their political opposition to even have representation in court. Forget about winning your arguments or forgetting about having the ability to address your grievances in court. They don't even want you to have the ability to go to court to do that. So I think it's downright evil. It's funny, you know, comparing it to my military service, I thought going into, you know, you go into the military thinking, you know, I have to consciously be aware that I could be in harm's way and you go into it accepting that. And I, you leave the Marine Corps and you're like, oh, you know, not that I want to be in harm's way, but there's a sense of pride that comes with a willingness to do that, you know? And it, I joke with my friends about it because it's like, I thought I thought I was getting out of that when I left the Marine Corps, but this is way worse than anything yeah. I dealt with in the Marine Corps. Yeah, well, so, maybe that's, the, maybe that's the, always a Marine. Uh, what is it, always a Marine? You know, there's no no, no former Marines. Yeah, so, once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So, well, listen, Christina, Bob, thank you for uh, taking the time to get with us and for writing the book, and we will put it up. Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the, of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Skyhorse Publishing, uh, thank you and good luck with everything hang in there we appreciate you very much awesome thank you i appreciate you all right christina bob everybody again i'll put it up on uh, social media and we will make sure to get it all out there we'll be right back ed martin here on the pro america report 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, let us cover a, a very serious issue that I'm so relieved to see. I don't know whether he listens to the program or not, but uh, Josh Hawley, of course, is from Missouri, uh, senator from Missouri, very smart guy, very good guy, very nice wife. Very, She's very smart and very talented. Nice family. Um, my claim to fame is that years ago I was the attorney general nominee for Missouri in 2012. And Josh Hawley was still a professor at um, at uh, University of Missouri, Columbia Law School. And he hosted an event for me. He and his wife hosted an event, a fundraiser for me uh, in Columbia there. Great guy and uh, good guy. And so here's what he did earlier this week. He uh, announced that he would introduce a bill to ban TikTok in the United States. Now, here's the key. First of all, it would be a law. So Donald Trump tried to ban it once and then everybody and nobody moved on it. And he did, it, I think, by executive order. Uh, but the, the TikTok is is a is owned by the Chinese communist regime. We know that. And he's, he writes this. He writes this in a press release. TikTok is China's backdoor into Americans lives. It threatens our children's privacy as well as their mental health. Now, that's the key. That's the key. You see. Holly, when you say, oh, TikTok's gathering data, well, frankly, everybody's gathering data, right? Everybody, all the time. You, you, whatever, you know, you use Chrome, they're gathering your data. You use Google, uh, YouTube, you use Twitter, Facebook, everybody's gathering your data. It's a bad problem, but that's a problem that's categorically different, categorically different than what they're doing to our mental health. The mental health of the American people. Now, I'll go further. I, I did an interview on this and someone pushed back a I don't know, liberal Democrat. He pushed back, said, oh, you, you can't do this. What? I said, first of all, there's two things about the TikTok situation you need to know. One is it's the communist Chinese. The, the communist Chinese regime is doing this. You know, the Monroe Doctrine, which is going to celebrate 200 years this year, later this year in December, it will be 200 years since the Monroe Doctrine. The Monroe Doctrine does not say, it does not say, uh, we don't like foreigners don't come to America. That's not what it says. It says the system of your way of operating is not compatible with our way of operating. And that's what the Monroe Doctrine said. And that's why the continuing validity of the Monroe Doctrine was always trumpeted during the Cold War, because the Soviet communist system was incompatible with us and we didn't want it in our hemisphere. And so is the Soviet, excuse me, the communist Chinese regimes system. It's not that we dislike other people, other ethnicities, other foods, other languages. It's the system. That's what the Monroe Doctrine is. That's why the Chinese, I, I, I was on a show and I said to this liberal, I, I said, look, I'm for banning Facebook and social media for anyone under the age of 16. Also, I don't think you should let actually probably 18. I mean, truly, I'd ban them all, but I don't think that's possible. And I think I might sound like the guy that wanted to get rid of the printing press because he said, oh, they're spreading, you know, for the first 50 years after the printing press, they did print Bibles, the Gutenberg printing press. They were the Gutenberg Bibles, but it took 50 years to get to scientific journals. The, mo the second most popular thing to print during the early years of the Gutenberg printing press was dirty stories, dirty stories, pornography. So uh, every tool can be misused and every tool can be used. Right. It used and abused, used for good or abused. So I get that. But 
if 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 Facebook meta whatever is being used to abuse Americans, let's talk about how to change that. Let's talk about the power of it. And I think it's different than uh, than you know uh, uh, buying a a, a um, uh, buying a, a a weed whacker or a snowblower or buying uh, even a dog. You know, buying different things in the marketplace is different than consuming these social media things. When we now know they're using the algorithms and the speed of the computers to change our minds, change our brain chemistry, brain science. That's all bad enough. I'm all for that discussion. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm for a lot of regulation and, and cutting back on and pulling back the power of, I mean, I don't know where it stops though, because as far as I can tell, in the old days, the CIA and the FBI and the defense and the intelligence community would use propaganda to promote things in the American, uh, in Americans' lives, probably. To some extent, we know a lot of it. And they use TV and radio and all. And now they're using social media and all. I mean, so I, I don't know where this stops, but I do know that TikTok is a communist Chinese regime run entity. And they've admitted, or not, shouldn't say that it's not admitted. It's been reported and confirmed that TikTok has a special button that they, it's, they call it heat. Give it heat. That's the term for when you hit the button, it makes something that TikTok likes, you know, that they like, they want to give higher preference in the algorithms. So heat, give it the heat. What do you think they're giving the heat? It's not uh, calculus lessons for your child. It's not uh, how-to lessons on how to change the uh, windshield wipers on the back of your car. It's stupid stuff, sexualized stuff, stuff that's bad for us. And they're using their technology to change the brain chemistry. And as Holly said, it threatens children's privacy as well as their mental health. By the way, it's not just children. Let's be clear. It's everybody. But that's the one we, we, we do usually say, Hey, that's a standard where, you know, you're going to say, Hey, we have to, um, we have to step in, step in. And, and by the way, it's growing all over, right? Kentucky banned TikTok recently, but they can only ban it on government owned devices. I don't, I guess states would have a hard time banning it because uh, of interstate commerce and interstate traffic and all. So it's got to be a federal law, but it's got to happen. It has to happen. It, it, I mean, th there's no, there's no excuse for allowing it to continue. There's no identifiable reason. You know, they did not get a quote from any senator or congressman who had a, a way to push back. They got TikTok. And TikTok said, Senator Hawley's call for a total ban and, uh, and, and is, is too far. It's too far. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the uh, TikTok takes a piecemeal approach to national security and piecemeal approach to broad security issues. We hope he focuses energies on efforts to address the issues holistically. What do you mean holistically? Ban it. That's pretty holistic. That's pretty holistic. It's not, and again, it's not about social media threatening people. That is relevant, but it's about the Chinese communist regime owns this one, manages this one, controls this one. And they've shown that they have no time. They have no time for us. They have no willing that they don't want good things for us. That's just it's simply clear now. They want, whether it's fentanyl in our uh, country or a TikTok in our schools, whether it's the influence in our in uh, in higher education, you know that's been been I think asserted pretty clearly is unhelpful. A lot of that's changed. So it's um incredible to see. It's incredible to see, and um, it is um, 
uh, really, really important that Hawley's leading on it because others who want to run for president will follow him. And I mean that in the next five to 10 years, people that want to run for president will follow him, right? They will follow along because they are see, they'll see that cotton and Rubio and others, Rick Scott. And that's okay. I don't need, I don't need conversion of their heart. I need to, somebody to do something about it. I mean, I hope that they will be converted and I hope just Holly is Josh Holly is, but right now we just need somebody to do something about it. We need somebody to actually do something about the invasion of the Chinese. It's much bigger. It's much bigger than whether Germany's mad or not about the tanks that they want to send to Ukraine. It's much bigger than that. And we've got to get our head on straight and realize what's at stake, how big it is, how important it is. All right. Good for Josh Hawley. Good for Josh Hawley. Thank you, Josh Hawley. Uh, and um, we appreciate it. All right. We'll take a break. We come back. We got a lot more to finish up. And that Christina Baba put her book. We just talked to her. I'll put her book up on social media, too. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now continuing that legacy, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The left has taken great pains to make people believe that a stronger border would show a lack of compassion to every migrant family looking for a better life. Yet a groundbreaking investigation by the intrepid Project Veritas has revealed that the exact opposite is the case. Not only does a weak border harm would-be migrants by luring them to hire dangerous coyotes who ferry their children across the desert, but even if the children do make it to America, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services could be the very party responsible for putting them in the hands of sex traffickers. One brave whistleblower named Tara Lee Rodez, who worked at the HHS's Council of the Inspector General on Integrity and Efficiency, told Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe that HHS has no real ability to vet sponsors of unaccompanied migrant children, nor do they have any interest in doing so, she said. She recounted how one executive explained to her that we only get sued if we keep kids in care too long. We don't get sued by traffickers. In other words, HHS only cares about getting kids out of the system as quick as possible. They don't care about where the children go afterwards. One of the most chilling parts of the Project Veritas investigation was hearing an interview with an actual underage migrant girl who was placed with a woman she did not know who claimed to be her aunt. The girl explained that she was pimping me and I didn't like that. She would pimp me to men. When asked how many men the girl had been placed with, she said that she did not know for sure, but that it was many. This investigation shows that even our own federal government cannot be trusted with the responsibility of caring for children who come across our border. The most compassionate response, and really the only response, must be to immediately secure our southern border to prevent more of these tragic cases from happening in the future. Let every member of Congress know that a vote to build the wall is a vote to protect children from a human trafficking nightmare. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the latest on building the wall to protect our southern border? To the liberal media, it's a joke. But the crisis of illegal aliens is no laughing matter. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're asking serious questions regarding what to build, who's paying for it, and how best to deploy our military. 
go to phyllisschlafly.com and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, finishing up today, we've got a few things to cover. <laughs> One of my favorite things to cover right now, talk about, is Adam Schiff, congressman from California, and Eric Swalwell, congressman from California, uh, both uh, uh, promoted by their party to serve on the Intelligence Committee, and both denied. Uh, by Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He said, no, no, no. They're welcome to serve on other committees, uh, but they're not welcome to be on Intelligence Committee. They have shown a propensity for lying uh, to the public uh, about what they see in those committees. And here's the great thing. I've told you over and over again, being Speaker of the House is an incredible job. First of all, it's constitutionally identified. It's in our Constitution. It's the number three job in the country. Uh, you're third in line. I guess that's the way to say it. And, um, uh, b- right behind the vice president. But so it's a big job, but it also makes you sort of the emperor of your body. In the Senate, there's a, there's honor among thieves under, among senators and they have the filibuster, you know, 60 members and they just sort of have all these rules, you know, you can't do unanimous consent without, uh, you know, kind of, or you can't object to unanimous consent and slow things down and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of it's a gentlemanly place. The House is just rough and tumble and therefore it comes down to straight votes. And so if you have the votes to become speaker, you're in charge of everything. And if you're in the minority, you're in charge of nothing. I was sort of learned that I, I was schooled in this about a year ago when I asked a congressman about a certain set of issues. And I said, you know, there's a couple of big companies that might be able to help answer the questions. If you asked congressman, you know, maybe that would help. And he said they won't care. I said, what do you mean? He said they won't care because we have no power. He said, now, after November, if we win the House, which he thought they would, the Republicans, he said, uh, then they'll answer me. So that's the point. And it's fun to watch Swalwell and Schiff uh, sort of have to answer. And remember, um, McCarthy's doing what Pelosi did. Pelosi uh, uh, had denied McCarthy's choices to go on the select committee on January 6th, just denied him. And said, you know, I, they're not able to do it because I, I don't think that they're qualified and they, they were too close to the president, President Trump or something like that. And so he, but did she, she didn't really have a reason. She just didn't want them on there. And that's all that, uh, that, um, uh, McCarthy did. Kevin McCarthy did. He did a good job about it. He did a good job with it. He didn't try to overdo it. He said, he said what I just told you. He said, there's other people on it. We're not, we're not blocking any Democrats from participating. We're not saying that we have to have certain Democrats like the, 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 the Pelosi trick on the select committee was she didn't, uh, accept McCarthy's picks. And then she picked her own Republicans, people that hated Trump, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger. And McCarthy's not doing any of that. He's just saying those two, those two as to the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. They were such liars about it. They were such promoters of the hoax. Oh, they can't be on there. They can't be on there. They can't. It can't be a credible, credible body and be on there. Um, now that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. And um, as they both said on Twitter, they both went to Twitter and said, "Don't worry, we'll be back. We're not going anywhere. I'm still going." And they will be. They'll probably be on other committees that have some uh, have some uh, national security relevance or re- related uh, I- issues, and they'll pretend that they know stuff. But if you remember, one of the dirtiest tricks that they were doing was because they were on the Intelligence Committee, they would be known as people who would be seeing 
what is very serious, right? The Intelligence Committee is seeing lots of serious stuff, lots of classified stuff. And when they come out and say, oh, yeah, well, we just got to wait on that Mueller investigation. There's a there's a lot going on. The implication is more powerful and was used powerfully by the media and others to the detriment of the country. It's a little bit like the 50-plus intelligence community, intelligence officials who signed off that the Hunter, ba- Hunter Biden laptop was what looked, they said, it looked, it had all the markings of Russian uh, of a Russian disinformation campaign. The effect of that, carefully couched, that actually, if you look at the letter that the 50-plus intelligence community community people signed, it was very carefully worded so that they could claim that it was not a lie. They could say, all I did was say, this has all the markings of a Russian disinformation campaign. I didn't say it was. But the fact is, when 50-plus intelligence community uh, people say that, the impact is bigger, just like the impact of Schiff and Swalwell was bigger because they were on the Intelligence Committee. And good for McCarthy for standing up to him. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's great stuff. It's really great. Uh, anyway, all right. Thank you for uh, doing that, Speaker McCarthy. All right. Uh, we got to run. Uh, thank you. Noah Dingley, our great producer, does so many uh, things for me and Andrea Kay uh, and others at The Answer San Diego. He's the best. Also, Ryan Hyde helping out with everything. We will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you later. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.